Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody? It's Joel Puma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I am with my guys, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? And Brendan Dunn. How we feeling? Still no haircut. I'm thinking of cheating on my barber this weekend. I gotta... Is is that is that blasphemous? Uh, it's not in these times, okay? Because desperate times call for desperate measures. I got one at like a salon in Long Island that you know I have a barber in the city, but I went to a salon in Long Island and uh, a I, salon. Yeah, it was a salon, and I uh, just hold, held up a picture and I was like, just get it as close to this as possible. <laughs> Whose who's photo what, what, was it? It was a photo. It was actually it was it was no, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't yes. a celebrity. It was actually the key art for this podcast. Okay. Yeah, with the because I liked how you were looking that day. Yeah, I had a good haircut that day, so fairly good job. You know, like I said, desperate times call for desperate measures. Did you get your nails done, Joe? No, no, did not. Not that's that's phase two for the kid. We're still on phase one. Are we? Yeah, I'm still on phase one. What are you on? What are you on? You, you, I I know that you've been complaining a lot today. I love you've been complaining a lot. He, he took like a five day weekend and he's like comes back like in, instead of just relaxed. Yep. It's like there's there's a list of complaints. He's been complaining about tech issues on complex.com. He then went on to complain about uh, some Nike thing. What that they don't order over the phone or something. Oh, so, this is crazy. I was upset about this. One I was o'clock upset. and he's I, been I'm not going to stop complaining about this. Listen. OK, go ahead. Let's We've hear. spoken about it on this podcast before, but I have such fond memories back in the day of getting a skew, finding out which Nike outlet had the skew. This is a little Nike talk outlet thread trick yeah. and then doing phone orders from that outlet. Based on a skew, give them your credit card info. They ship the shoes to you. Apparently, and I tried to buy a pair of Giacoso Pegasus Trail 36 today from an outlet. Mm-hmm. Found a pair for $59.99 or something like that. And outlets don't do phone orders anymore. I, I had no idea. I've been, I've been in this bubble where I haven't haven't had to buy from outlets. But I do think it's kind of crazy, though, to think that in 2020 that you could call a store and just give them your credit card information over the phone and they would charge you. Just like not. Why? Okay, point, counterpoint. Why? Because you could have any. Because if you don't have the physical card in front of you, you could. I mean, you could enter it online as well. But it just seems. I don't know. It seems a little much. But you don't trust the good folks at Nike. I don't know. I, I just. It, I could see why they wouldn't do it. You know. Someone at an outlet actually told me that it was because it was too much of a pain and too much of a hassle for the people that work there because they they have to fill out a long paper form oh. and hand it off to somebody else, and it just takes away from their time actually helping out on the floor. So that's that's the reason I was given. Too much of a hassle to do something. My career would have been over in 2006 if, if everyone lived like that. <laughs> okay. Oh, wealthy! Wealthy mentioned the long holiday weekend. How was your guys' weekend, by the way? 
It was good. I actually I went fishing. I, I went fishing. Joel Abuma went fishing? You and Greg Street? It was not with Greg Street. Not in Atlanta. I went fishing in Long Island and I – Long Island Sound? Yes. So there's a different – you know, I haven't been fishing in, in decades. I don't, maybe I've only went fishing on like a fishing trip in elementary school. So I didn't know that you now put the fishing pole in a little holder on the boat and then when you see – when you see it like getting traction, that's when you pick. Action, yeah, that, yeah, that's when you. So I didn't know. I thought you just sit out there, holding it the whole time. Well, if you're if you're catching a bigger fish, you, you need it there because if not, it's just gonna it's gonna go shooting. Off. You might need a bigger boat. I caught something called like a a red robin. It's like a flying fish, but it doesn't have yeah. teeth. And apparently, since it doesn't have teeth, it does not count as catching a fish. So. <laughs> So you didn't catch any fish. So I guess uh, but technically I didn't catch any fish and also probably the last time I'll be fishing because uh, I get it. It's fun for some other people but not not my thing. I'm glad you were enjoying the great outdoors. I was up in Vermont staring at the stars and taking in the fireflies. Wealthy, did you wow. spend some time outside this weekend? Uh, weren't, weren't you in like a, like a weed field? <laughs> really? I can't comment on any of that. Okay. Yeah, had a had a had a pretty decent uh weekend. I think one of the highlights of it was is the park near me opened back up. Um Lincoln Park in You got in, some pickup games in? In Jersey City. No, I went to I went to the park and I was doing workouts. We created the, the, uh, the Knicks jump <laughs> shot. I, I was no, I was doing workouts in the park. They had like the pull-up bars and the dip bars and I'm out on your there like shoe shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm on like like no no shirt on doing like pull-ups in the park. Had a cookout out here. What'd you make? Um, got, no, my uh, my superintendent downstairs had a cookout, and I got trusted to run the grill for it, and it was a it was a good time. Here's an update for you guys. Still waiting for the Benjamin Kicks package that I mentioned briefly on last week's podcast, and I'm not sure if it's coming. Okay, how old is that kid now? I'm not sure, but we've been talking. We've been talking. I'm waiting for the package. Every day, kind of like how you were waiting for the Kith package, scurrying mm-hmm. to the UPS guy. And you're not begging him for this. Is something I'm just he, trying to check he, in. He offered to he you yeah. unsolicited, yes, he right? Did. He did. This is not he did. He did. you hitting up the 16-year-old no, kid but asking I will for say years. I've been going a little mad trying to get the tracking number, and he hasn't provided it. So I did apologize. Did Pharrell write a song about this? What, fronting? Fronting? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's fronting, <laughs> but the package is not here, Okay. The package is in Well, you clearly mentioned it because if he had or hadn't sent the package, once this comes out, you're kind of forcing his hand to send the package. Yes. Right? You think he listens to this? All I want is a tracking number. Forget the package at this point. Just a tracking number to see. But uh, hopefully uh, we will have an update every week that we – that I don't receive the Benjamin Kicks uh, special package. So Yeah, right when you see that number, it kind of soothes your jangled nerves, right? You know that something is right in the universe, if not all. Exactly. Any sneaker news? What's been going on? Any Kanye West is running for president. Oh yeah, no comment. Yeah, well, we'll see. Everyone took an L on the Dior. Jordan yes. won. I don't know anyone who hit on that. I mean, there were there were five million people who applied, right? Or five million names in the hat. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Good fucking. Oh, you know what? Speaking of speaking of insane chances to try and buy a pair of shoes nordstrom still has my money from this dunk fiasco what was that about i saw you complaining about that as well (laughs) go ahead i'm just trying to use my power publicly to hold people accountable i'm just trying to speak truth to power um nordstrom had a release for the red and white dunk lows and they way oversold their stock and it was quite clear to all the people who got an email confirmation that 
that was the case and that they probably weren't going to fulfill all those orders. And sure enough, they eventually sent mass cancellations. I was among them, but I still have the charge pending for a hundred dollars on my PayPal. Give me the money back. Ugh. And you, you, you've been stressed. Do you, do you need to go back to Vermont in the wheat field or wherever you are? (laughs) The, the, the other thing that Brendan Dunn has been stressed about, which he's been, uh, like talking about nonstop are these $500 Nike sneakers. What's that? Those the crazy looking ones? Yeah. The Road Warrior, I think it's called. The ISP. Obviously, I need to do a little bit more research, but I do not understand how we got to a $500 Nike sportswear shoe like that. I'm I want to talk to the people involved to figure it out because it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep asking questions. You and, always uh, do. I'll, I'll report back to you guys. You always do. I'm sure as soon as you ask the questions, I'm sure I will get a text message about your behavior, good or bad, mostly good and intuitive, which is fine. But also, I'm sure I'll get a text message once you inquire between you two, <laughs> you two on this on this podcast, and then I have to – not clean up the mess. I just have to relax. A little bit of rabble rousing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's 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 do it. Our guest on today's podcast has been around the footwear and streetwear industry for over a decade. His name first started to bubble when he was running marketing and management for future Football Hall of Famer Darrell Revis. During that time, he helped with the Zoom Revis, one of only a handful of signature sneakers for a football player. Since becoming his own boss, his career has had a steady rise. He was one of the first people to help explode the custom sneaker trend with the help of the shoe surgeon and the infamous misplaced checks model that flipped the iconic Air Force One on its head. He co-owned a clothing line called Diet Starts Monday, but for the past few years, it's been his own footwear brand, John Geiger Co., that has become the blueprint of what a successful independent sneaker brand looks like. Don't believe us? Just check what the fashion-forward NFL and NBA players are wearing as they walk through the tunnels. Please welcome to the podcast, John Geiger. I appreciate you guys for having me. How are you, John? How you doing? Fresh from that new Miami crib. Congratulations, yeah, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You, you were in like Puerto Rico for like how many days straight? Well, I still, I still have the house in Puerto Rico, but um, I just go back and forth now. This guy, this guy needs an HGTV show. He's talking about flipping nah. houses and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean Puerto Rico. Uh, my business partner Sean Davis, we just share a crib there. It's like four bedrooms, but we just share a crib there, and then I go back and forth now from here in Miami. Very interesting story. Some history with me and John Geiger. The Wale shoot, one of the first sneaker shopping shoots. It was I was staying in like Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, Florida, and John mm-hmm. Geiger took me out for a night. And let me tell you, it was very, very fun, <laughs> very, very fun. It was it was the night before the Wale shoot. We had a we had a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, we go back, and I, I also remember that it was the first time I watched Storage Wars, which I became like addicted to. And it, yeah. the place that we were at just had Storage Wars on loop. So. Uh, yeah, good. We've we've known each other for for a while. Um, we want to start talking about like your early footwear history. I know Pittsburgh that you couldn't get Jordan, so you would get Air Force Ones, and then you would go like to the Cobbler, and you mm-hmm. kind of started even at a young age doing your own custom sneakers. Talk about those days growing up in high school. I I switched a lot of schools. I went to like seven schools from going from fifth grade all the way through high school. Um, but moving around, Air Force Ones was always my shoe. And then the place was called Bucky's. Um, he didn't, at the first couple of times, he would just uh, glue it on whatever material I came. And then he started sewing them on. But it was always Air Force Ones. And I was going back to school and everybody was asked where I got them from. But it was early on. I was like fifth, sixth grade. 
What do you mean? What was he sewing on? I would just get like bandanas or army fatigue. I would go to like army surplus and get a bunch of materials and I would take it there. So in elementary school, you were essentially having a cobbler help you make custom sneakers? Yeah, my mom, if you come over to my house, my mom will tell you the story so you walk in the house. <laughs> I love that. And you, always, you kind of always said that your parents were like your mentors when it came to this stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, my dad was, I remember like early stages of being like coming home from school and having Jordans. And then we grew up in a house where like there was only two bedrooms. And my sister had her own room and then me and my dad shared bunk beds. And then my mom would always sleep on the couch because she worked so much. But um, I would always come up from the Jordans. And I remember him like early on, whatever the what was Snoop Dogg video when he had like the uh, Pittsburgh jersey on with the, fr- the fro out hair out. Yeah. I remember him like bringing, bringing that up. So rap music was like early on too. So it was really my father that put me into the everything that I'm into now. Did you think back then that it could, could become like a business venture for you at one point? Or were you just thinking how to how to get cool shoes for yourself? I mean, even leading up to the custom stuff, I never thought I was going to turn into like a full business because I, I just didn't know that making my own shoe could be successful as it is now or even the process of that. I learned that when I got to like do stuff with Nike. I learned that actually like that's a business where you actually have a job without going to design school as well. You always kind of talk about, I mean, you always go back to Pittsburgh, I feel like in a lot of your stuff and you talk about, you know, the blue collar mentality of Pittsburgh and how that inspired you. Is that what kind of made you want to do your own sneaker thing? Do you think that's still like ingrained in your work ethic or? I would probably say so. I mean, blue collar in Pittsburgh, it's kind of like what it is. You, the normal, when I was growing up, you just finished high school. You maybe went to college, you got a nine to five and then you got married. And that's kind of like, that's kind of the, the, the tone set in Pittsburgh. And you, that, that's what I was told. Like my parents thought you could do whatever you want, told me I could do whatever I wanted to be, but that's what I've seen all the time. So I didn't know, you know, you didn't, you, I went to school, I have a criminal justice degree, and then it led into design. Now it's like a full blown brand, which I didn't know was possible it could happen. But leading back to that, like Andy Warhol's from Pittsburgh, so that was a big influence in my life. Not until I was in high school that I actually knew that he was from Pittsburgh. I knew there was a museum in Pittsburgh, but of the arts, that was really only somebody that I knew that made it out and did something like in arts besides like music or or sports or something like that. You mentioned the expected path for people where you're from of going to college, getting a nine to five, and you obviously diverged from that. And like you mentioned, got to work with Nike on some projects. Can you talk about that trajectory? I know it's a brief moment in your long career, but kind of how you first got involved with shoes. It's kind of one of the things now, if you look back on it, Nike was sending me boxes of, of shoes. Joe, what year was that when we went in Miami? What, 2012? Uh, it might have, yeah, around there. Or, 2013? Or, it was around 2013, 14, I think, yeah. Okay, like prior to that, they would send me boxes of shoes. And I remember even Darrell being like, well, where'd you get these shoes from? And like, they're sending them. And he was like, well, I'm a Nike athlete. Why aren't they sending me them? And if you think back on how, how corny I could say this is, that was like pre-influencer days. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what was going on. I was just using those pictures that post stuff early to then have like blogs pick them up like complex and then mm-hmm. build my following. I had no idea that's what I was doing at the time. I was just getting free shoes. And at the other end of it, they were probably using me to like, be like, yo, there's this like Air Force One. They were getting me, I was allowed to make any IDs I wanted to. And there was like mm-hmm. literally no ending of costs. And then I look back on it now and I think like they were using me and I was using them. So it was like pre-influencer days, I guess. 
And do you remember what shoes you were getting back then? It was all LeBron's. It was like everything. It was Jordan's. I remember getting like the six ring, the rings when it came out. It was like, the, that was like 2015. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I got them like almost a half a year in advance. But you've, you've always, I feel like you've always had, I want to say a flair for the dramatic, but early on, it seemed like you, you really knew what was going to take the internet by storm. You know, like one of the first yeah, pitch- jumping in the pool. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You jumped in the pool, yes. jumped in a pool with a pair of red that. Octobers. And, What's you know, funny is Joe had texted me right after that. I remember I was literally sitting trying to dry them off, and he texted me. Joe texted me. I think I texted Joe about something, about posting mm-hmm. it or something. And Joe was like, is this real? And I'm like, yeah. Yep. I just got an uh, underwater camera. And the funny story about that shoe picture was we were just, like, drinking around the pool, probably semi-tipsy, like and I used the underwater camera, and the shoes got thrown in the pool, and I went and got them. And a couple of the pictures, like, were by accident, and then the last one we took like that, but it was just like – Again, I knew that that was like in the hype up Instagram. People were like, this dude's a douchebag. Why did he do this to shoes? And I just looked, always looked at it like, it's just some shoes. Were the Yeezys free? They were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The way, the funny story about that is they sent three pairs by accident because one was for Revis and one was for me. John, and I got, got three. No, no, no. I didn't get three. You got three free pairs no, no, of no, Red no, October no, Yeezy 2s? No no, 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 no. There was three pairs sent. We had to send one back. But one was for Darrell, one was for me, and there was a third one. And they asked for it back. <sighs> I, I respect your honesty because yeah. in that moment when they asked for her back, I would have, <laughs> I would have come up with song. a couple excuses. Yeah. Do you do you get inspired at all by seeing what Kanye is doing with Yeezy, having his own sneaker brand that's like basically direct to consumer and made in the USA? Yeah, but he, he didn't he didn't need two two million for the PVP. So I don't know PVP. So saw that. <laughs> yeah, man. You see, I watch this. Uh, this is how media. You guys know that's how media is controlled. That's getting swept right up the road. <laughs> they did. They didn't give Gagarco any loans. We didn't forget. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't. I just felt like that's just that money shouldn't be coming to me. You know, definitely. We're doing pretty yeah. well. I just I would never ask for that much yeah. money. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's obviously. Let's be honest. I mean, the dude's killing it. He turned into a billion-dollar company. That phone will ring one time, and finally, it'll probably be on the end eventually. I mean, I couldn't see why something like that wouldn't work because we're kind of both in the same boat. I'm obviously nowhere near that level, so let's just throw that out there. I didn't say that. But I'm saying that, like, we're on the same path of trying to do it on our own. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between your companies, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're both Gemini's, both crazy. You've seen me go crazy a couple of times. We're trying to calm it down. (laughs) I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. John, I mentioned it in the intro, but what is it like to be involved in one of the only, like, we see so many basketball signature sneakers, but to have a football player have it, there's only, like, you could probably count them on one hand. What's it like to be involved in one of the football signature sneakers during that time? Okay, I've talked to the whole team of, at Nike that was on the squad at that time, and I never want to disrespect anybody, so mm-hmm. I have to put it in these terms. Of I was always told that if you were in a room with Beyonce and you said, you know, hit this note or maybe say this, and they did it, you would get credit. So with the Zoom Revis, I got credit because I was in those meetings. I would give my ideas, sketches, whatever. And it, I mean, it was just fun, especially at the time where like Michael, prior to him, Michael Vick was the only athlete to have a signature shoe. And they swapped, they, they took that away because of the dog incident. Right. And they looked at it like U.S. football is, you know, U.S. football, world football, soccer. U.S. football is at the bottom totem pole at Nike as far as getting like paid per year. So there wasn't, there wasn't many people that were getting paid from Nike like Grievous was. Um, they gave him his own signature shoe. It turned out great. And then, I mean, I got to learn so much. And then I got to learn a business very fast because as soon as he went to Buccaneers, they took everything away. What do you mean? 
So when he when he played for uh, played for the Jets, obviously the Zoom read was come out. It was very successful. I mean, we had talks about like I was gonna full blown take over the Revis uh, team thing with Nike. I was gonna go there like once every two weeks. He was gonna get like a whole like KD Durant, like KD type of thing, where it's gonna be shoes, clothes, everything. And then he got injured. They were still on board with doing it, but then as soon as the talks of Darrell was gonna sign with Buccaneers because they're gonna give him twenty five million for one year internally like we i knew that he was going there and then um they basically was like if you go to buccaneers because the market yeah the market so we were gonna go to tampa and then soon as they i remember like we posted a picture like on the plane of me and him like flying down there they sent the plane and when as soon as i posted a picture i remember like two people from mikey was like is this true and i said yeah and within one week everything was gone wow interesting there was a Zoom Rebus 2 that was supposed to come out too, right? And that shoe got canceled? There was a 2? Yeah, it got canceled because he went to Tampa. Everything got canceled, the clothing, everything. I got the Oregon sample you gave me. Still have it. <laughs> I still have it. It's worth yeah, a lot of money. I still have that. It's worth a lot of money. So I think around even around that time, you have like 2,500 pairs of sneakers. Yeah. Is the collection still that massive? Have you liquidated or or what? It's all, it's all my own shoes. Okay. I mean, I have like Adidas like running shoes to work out in the morning. Or like mm-hmm. Rick Owens, like sandals or something, but it's really just my own shoes. Because you you sold like your collection to kind of fund the original Geiger shoe, yeah. right? I sold every, just about every pair of Jordan, every Jordans that I had, and then I sold like a four foot cause, and I think I ended up getting like almost like sixty seventy k, and that paid for the molds. It was just one. I want to know more about that transition. Obviously, you used to work in a managerial role with Revis, and then how did you go from there to deciding that? You for sure wanted to make your own company and you could do the shoe thing full time. I got fired. (laughs) (laughs) I had a falling out with my friend, which sucked, you know, it sucks to this day, but it it shit happens. Um, I had a falling out and then you'll hear the term, like everything has to fall down, like figure out what you want to do. So Mm -hmm. everything kind of like went to shit. And at that time, me and him were working on a, we were going to start working on a store for Pittsburgh. That's what my goal was to like open the store. And that's how I wanted to get into fashion. And, um, I was showing him misplaced checks and unfortunately it just never worked out. So the first time I released it, I remember him, I think he was playing with, I think he might've been on the Patriots at the time. He hit me, it was a couple of my teammates went that shoe. And that was like our last conversations. But the reason why I said that as soon as he let me go, that's when I was like, all right, I got to start doing my own thing. And it kind of was like all these ideas that I've been sitting on, I was just doing them. Cause I was going to hold the ideas off of the store basically. When do you think you had the idea for the misplaced checks? Was that an idea that you had for a while? Yeah, I was getting paid late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's like a double entendre. It's a little bit deeper. Most of the stuff that I put out is like to the outside world, you know, how people think about people, but it's usually really well thought out. Mm-hmm. And I think down the line, it's going to look, people are going to look back and be like, okay, I get everything that he was doing. I think that was just really well thought out misplaced checks was I was getting uh, royalty checks late for the for the Zoom reuse one. It probably wasn't even Nike. Now that I look back on it, it's probably his agents. Okay. Probably just like cutting, 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 cutting. And then in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, we called them like checks, not swooshes. So it would always be like Air Force Ones with the checks, never with a swoosh. So it was like a double on double on time, I guess you'd say. It, around that time too, you were also doing a lot of Nike ID Air mm-hmm. Force Ones. Like how you were doing what, like fifty pairs? Like you know, just like in a- I mean, they would just. There was at one time where it's funny you say this because what the story I'm about to tell you is Complex Con. Maybe your first Complex Con. Remember the whole Air Force One wall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to give them an idea. Let me do like every different color for every team in the NBA, like two different colors per team, and then we we're going to make this wall for All Star. And that was in 2014. 
And then they just let me go ahead. They gave me like uh, Nike credits for a uh, Nike elite. I think it was mm-hmm. at the time. And then I would just like full blown, like just make as many as I wanted to. But once you started doing the misplaced checks thing, did the people, you know, at Nike contact you like, Hey, we're not okay with this. Or they, they felt nervous about you making Nike products and, and selling them yourself. So the reason for that, situation going sour was on my first misplaced check was an all white air force one and i bought those myself and then i got it i got the shoe surgeon to make them prior to that i was going to have jbf customs make them and i was choosing between the two and whichever cheaper i just i went with and that was shoe surgeon on the second release of that i used the nike account to get nike id black air force one highs because i wanted to number them and put mesh on the side so mm-hmm. the black misplaced check high we did um, i think like did like 70 pairs something like that the second run and I used Nike ID, and when they found out I used that to then sell, then I got pulled from like all the credits, like all the oh. funds. Yeah, but I got the shoes sold out. <laughs> did you feel some sort of way then, right around that time when Nike did the Travis shoe with the multiple checks on it? Did you feel like that was like take care? That first picture of him wearing it, I really thought he was wearing them. Like, no, no, yeah. not even kidding. <laughs> I really thought he was, and I was hyped. I remember posting it, and people within his camp. You know, we had a conversation about like, why are you saying this? And at the time, I really did. And now looking back on it, I mean, it is what it is. It's still a Nike shoe. The custom world, it is what it is. No one can get mad at anything Nike can do because you're actually you're making a, you're using a Nike shoe. I can never get mad about using a Nike shoe and then they take it. It's just funny now that they're giving recognition or people's picking it up because that one doesn't even look close to the other ones. How did you go from there to to deciding you wanted to do your own brand that has nothing to do with Nike or nothing to do with a pre-existing shoe? I think it was like the all red misplaced checks. It was like my third release and I was just like killing it. I was like on my high horse. And then my business partner now, Sean Davis, he had called me and was just like, you know, you keep making these Nike shoes and you keep posting all this Nike stuff, but you're not really getting paid from Nike. Like, why don't you just make your own shoe? Mm-hmm. And within like, maybe within a month, I think we had flown from like, I flew from Pittsburgh to Miami to China, and then we went to Italy as well to try to find like a manufacturer. How hard was that to go to China and and just figure it out on your on your own? I know you had some connections in the industry from your time working on the Reva shoe at Nike, but I still imagine that just going to China and trying to figure out a, a factory to produce a shoe is not an easy task. Yeah, more so just because like with the zero zero one, we opened our own mold for a soul. The two, the zero two and the zero zero three, we use an open mold sole. The GF one, we have our own mold. Can, can you explain that? Because I, I I love how deep you are in the sneaker industry. To where you know a lot of people we talk to, they might design a colorway or something like that. But you've actually had experience designing shoes, so yeah. I want to make sure people understand what it means to open a mold or use an open mold. Uh, we met our the zero zero one. We made our own mold. It was basically, like I sketched something up and we go get it made. Basically, the zero zero one was like I wanted this medium to be like super high quality materials but then still look like a Jordan 4 type of thing so that was like my mix of a a 001 once I learned the business and was like okay if I can sell and I can use an open mold sole for a couple silhouettes might as well so the 002 was an open mold sole and it basically is the same open mold sole that Reebok can go to or Joe Schmo can go get it's just you might get three different variations of it you know the, the squiggle in the back might be a little bit different from the other ones and you can go to China right now and you can order these and you get your name put on them and then you can run the whole production. It's a lot easier said than done because the production part's the hard part. But that zero zero two is an open mold sole. So when you say when you see people like, oh, it looks like this, or it looks like that, it's just because anybody can go get it. And that's not even like it's really whoever gets it first is the considered like the first one. 
it's not like Clorox bleach bleach made a, a sole and then like I went and used it and it's like Clorox bleach made that. It's like there's a many right. soles in the industry. You can go to China right now and you can go in some of a sole and there'd be like 10,000 different soles there you can use. John, you said that you were, you know, making IDs and that, that it was starting to pick up. And we always hear about the difference between coloring a shoe that already exists and then really making it from scratch. Even though you were like killing it with the IDs, is that feeling totally, totally different? Is there similarities in the way that that feels or it's non-comparable to really building from scratch versus coloring a sneaker? I'd say it like this. This is no disrespect to any customizer, but if it was so easy, then everybody would just do it because at, at some point you're customizing, you're still using a Jordan. It doesn't matter what you're doing to it. You're still using a Jordan mm-hmm. or a Nike shoe. So eventually you're going to want the credit of like actually making something. Now it just so happens that mine didn't take off for, you know, over two years, but yes, it made way more beneficial, way more rewarding. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine being in like my mid thirties still doing, you know, Nike shoes. And that's again, that's no disrespect. That's just my personal opinion. Do, do you, do you feel like, you know, all the work that you had done before in creating, you know, an online presence for yourself through Instagram is like what was able to allow you to like name a brand after yourself and have that resonate with people? Uh, 100%. I mean, I think that I actually was smart in that factor of like, if you look at Die Starts Monday, it was a great concept, but it still was never as rewarding as my name. So it's, that's why I like completely step away from it because my name was everything I was putting more into it. It was way more beneficial for me. It was way more rewarding for the team we were building. So with my name being behind it, it was just, that's what the following was for. I have like a cult following, they want to say. So everybody supports John Geiger. He said, my name is my name, Marlo Stanfield. <laughs> my name Lube. is my name. But do you feel like, you know, you've been able to build something? It's been a short period of time, but something so impactful that like one day when, you know, you're no longer around that there's still like, you know, like uh, Eve St. Laurent, but it's like John Geiger being run by other people that like the name's going to carry on. Is that like the goal for it? Yeah, 100%. We're getting into like full collections. I mean, I, I dabbled into it in the winter. Uh, we did a light collection for the summer just because of COVID, but. I want to get into bigger collections, more like home good stuff. That's what I want to kind of get into. <laughs> real estate, real estate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How much of an investment is it to go out and build a shoe yourself? And were you ever scared in those moments of, you know, you have to put up all this money, I assume, to to produce a shoe and just hope that people are going to buy it? Especially at that point, you hadn't yet sold anything, I don't think, that was just a John Geiger shoe. I can say this now just because I'm doing very well and very blessed. But like in the beginning, I wasn't doing as well as I was trying to show. We weren't selling out as, you know, you weren't trying to show. It was slowly selling out. Um, now that I look back on it, it's kind of crazy because I would, be, I would, be, I was living in Miami when we when we started it, but towards like the middle of like right before it's about to come out, I would, we were both down. Me and Sean were both down to like pennies, and we wanted to hold on to the whole company. And I'm glad we did because now it's worth a lot more. We own majority of it. It just was like rough going from Miami back to LA. And when I made the transition to move to LA, that's when it like really took off because I was I was sleeping in the warehouse. John, you were you you were close. You had a relationship with Mac Miller, rest mm-hmm. in peace, who was notoriously independent for a good portion of his career. Did you guys ever speak about independence in two different industries? But did you guys ever speak about independence? <laughs> My bad. It's gonna just, it's just gonna be hard to talk. Okay, so we don't we we could totally move on. Do you want to move on to another question? Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to talk about it. Okay. It's just because totally. it's like super fresh. I just oh, – I, I totally get it. I didn't know. I didn't. That's like the first time I ever really talked about it. So it was like – Yeah, <laughs> making it on your own and, you know, sharing that similarities. I think, I think it's just like one of the things too, like – I mean, I've said it so many times in the past, but like I was with him like hours prior. So it's weird. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, I, I know that you have that respect and Pittsburgh and similarities, but again – I yeah. apologize for if, if you felt no, 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 yeah, and, um, you talk about LA and the work that you were doing there. I saw you, I remember I saw you in LA at the Mondrian and that is when stuff was really, really moving. And I remember it was, there, there was like this kind of irony that you are designing a football signature sneaker and then Odell signs for 90 million to Nike a new deal, and then Odell is on the sidelines that season wearing your sneaker. It's also the first game, too. There's another story with Odell, though, that no one really picked up on was when we launched the 002, I did a pop-up at Patreon and New in New York. And, like, the next day, I'm coming off this high horse of, like, the 002 selling out in store, and it was a crazy line. The next day, him walking into Giant when he just signed a new Giants contract was it a new Giants contract. Yeah, that it, it may have been like a new contract, but I just remember I I literally remember the ninety million dollar like I think he was maybe going to go to Adidas, Nike yeah. matches, and I remember the first like public appearance or the first game he's yeah. wearing a John Geiger shoe, yeah. and I literally got texts about it. Yeah, and and then right after that he was caught dancing like at a camp. Right after that, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the story of like about the Odell's like and how how that kind of relationship came to fruition and how that made you feel when you saw him fresh off the new deal wearing your sneaker on this on the uh, sidelines. So the thing about Odell is like he's just very like outgoing and you know people always like he's might having too much fun, but I kind of thought it was that's how the relationship was. It was like you know 
saying shit back and forth and he used to always rock the shit never ask them to when he wants something he will call me or text me and say i want this and i'll you know he gets whatever he wants this at this point but um he's one of the people too that like i know when rebus was at nike and when rebus was huge nike would try to control to what he was doing and i know that they just can't do that with odell and i know the times that we're in they can't do that so that's why i never wanted to make a, a cleat or a basketball shoe because I never wanted to compete with Nike to make it where their athletes couldn't wear it. I wanted it to be like a higher end shoe. So then it, it never competed. Makes sense. Do you feel like that's kind of like, cause you see like a lot of, you know, NBA players and NFL players wear your stuff. Is that kind of like the target demo that you kind of reach for when, when creating it to like get the product seen in the tunnel? The thing, no, it just happened like organically. Honestly, it really happened organically. I might have seated to like friends like Iman or something like that or Tiana, but on the sports side, it happened really organically to where they were purchasing them and their people were wearing them. And I would get, you know, league fits to post something tag me. And that's how I would see it for the first time. For this whirlwind, we would, it would be like every other day. I remember someone calling me like, yo, you're from killing. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't even know where the shoes are even coming from. We weren't seating at that time. It was just uh, pairs just popping up left and right when people. Definitely when I saw you, I remember I saw you that time. I was like, this is, you are in a different zone right now. And it was, it seemed like every, yeah. obviously every Sunday and like, like NBA games and things like that. It just seems like it just went full, full off. So yeah. Uh, talk about like the Tiana, you know, Tiana is so fashion forward and and talk about those two kind of being so supportive of the brand and every kind of like new silhouette i know that they're big big advocates and you usually see like a lot of your sneakers on them first yeah them and them two and wale are probably like probably the two different people that really like pushed it without me having to say anything we're just genuinely friends wale too was one of the first ones to rock the zero two for the first time and i remember wale saw the zero zero three the first time and was just like you know I, I like i like what you're doing but i don't like these ones and then the second colorway came out and he was like i need everything and then kind of how it happens but yeah tiana and iman does like brother and sister now but yeah tiana has always been tiana was the one of the first people to have misplaced checks got it her and her no cinco. cinco yes yes yeah. legend <laughs> um do you still have samples of like misplaced check colorways or or what nah. I'm kind of like, it's like one of the things now, it's like, yeah, uh, like people were tweeting about it the other day. It was like, oh, they finally getting recognition. I'm playing along with it, but I really just don't care. It's like, you mentioned, you mentioned Wale wearing the shoes. How much did you appreciate that? Because Wale is a guy we all know who is so into sneakers and knows so much about sneakers that even though, like you said, your friends, I, I feel like that cosign must have meant so much because Wale knows what is and what isn't a good sneaker. Yeah. I mean, he'd tell you how it is too. I would show him some colorways and he sees everything before it even comes out now uh, i'll show him some some colorways and i'll be like that's just not for me and that's the friends that i want i want the friends to be like oh that's fire oh that's fire yep. oh, that's fire because everyone nodding in the studio everyone nodding in the studio yep. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think one thing we, we, we'd have to bring up though sorry brendan to put you on blast on this one I, there was the full size run moment where trinidad was wearing the shoes right the patron of the new and Brendan was like, oh, those look pretty good on feet. And then later in the episode, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling them so much. Oh, we did. Yeah. What was this? <laughs> I remember. I think John and I had an Instagram exchange at that moment. What what colorway is the patron of the new one? It was Volt. I don't remember the this. Volt one. I don't remember this situation. Wealthy remembers every little thing. I do remember thing. this because anytime I – Wealthy remembers every little thing. And anytime I contradict myself on the show, people will mm-hmm. call me out for it, which is fair. I mean, 
to me, it's such a specific shoe that when I see guys like Trinidad or when I see tall NBA players wearing it, it looks good, but I could never imagine myself wearing it. And this is not to discredit John's work, but there are some silhouettes where they don't fit on every to be person. Honest, you know what I mean? I can't imagine yeah. you wearing those either. Just again, this is not no, the Vol ones. Yeah. Not the Maybe Vol ones. Yeah, not Maybe the, the Vol ones. The black ones and and those definitely. I definitely can. The Vol ones. Not <laughs> with that. Uh, with what's going on right now, especially. I don't not know. I hair. might have to do it just to send John a a, a fit pick. I'm cool with that. Oh, the, speaking of fit picks, though, wasn't the 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 Kuzma? Was it Kuzma? Yeah, Kuzma. The 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 fit challenge that, that right? went viral, where it was like the Kuzma, super, the super challenge. joke. I mean, he posted a picture and then. I told him, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And he was like, all right, I'll play along with it. And, and I, so another thing about being in LA at that time, it was just like, my business partner's best friends with the, one of the owners of the Lakers, Jesse. So it was just like, go to the games, meet people, just like LA thing. And then me and Kuz used to always like rock my stuff. And then just so happens that he's wearing my shoes in the picture. So then I started the Kuz challenge and we sent, you know, almost like 10 people free shoes that posted the picture. But those like those three days, if that week of like the Koosh Challenge thing, I thought like that's probably the most tag pages I've ever been in. It was over like five, six thousand or something like that. You've been through a bunch of like today. Even you mentioned that you tried to put a new shoe out at a lower price point, and you were met with legal issues. Explain that yeah. situation. You know, you explain it on Instagram for people, but explain that situation and talk about you know there there has been legal issues throughout your career and kind of how you've learned from each one. The one I can talk about right now, the the one about Vans, the reason why I even posted about it, and I and I hit so many friends up and been like, "Yo, this this doesn't sound bitter. This is more of like a like a teaching experience type thing." Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna get around it. I mean, I'm just gonna change the G or make a JG. I'm gonna get around it. Vans is suing you. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just the fact that like the way they did it, and I feel like the now the times that we're in, a brand like that wouldn't just reach out to me and be like, "Hey, you know, if you just change this, you're good." the way they went about it was just so like disrespectful to like, I just think it's disrespectful to footwear culture, but also it's not, it's not like when you think of Vans, you might think of someone, you know, that works at Vans or at a store. It has nothing to do with them. It's the higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, basically they sent a letters, uh, a trademark opposing our, like the lowercase G. And when that usually happens, it has something to do with, it looks like something theirs. So the, the emails back and forth, which is in April back and forth, we were just like, you know, what's this with, like, what could we change, basically, to just get this moving? Because I was about to go into production with, like, close to 10,000 pairs. Sorry, Vance said that that lowercase G looks like their yeah, jazz. Yeah, I'm confused. Is that what it I mean, I, mean I, know, I know you don't like my G picture. I was you confused. Look at I, I, I didn't it see it. I was confused about what they were talking about. But I mean, that's – so what that situation is, what I posted about it was just, like, today was, like, my – like, the last straw, plus we were coming on here. And yesterday was – yesterday was 92 days. So, like, three days ago, whatever it was – on the 89th, they have 90 days to oppose on the 89th day, which they waited to all the way to 89 days, then wrote back saying like, they're still opposing the G and I can't use it. Um, realistically, what this is, is a huge company that has lawyers on call, fight with anybody close to it. And they're, they're, the quotes that I'm using in that IG caption is exact quotes that they put in email. Basically, they're saying that anything close to theirs, they're opposing it because of um, like competition, basically. So I looked at it like, damn, like you're worried about me, but I also wanted to like teach like trademark stuff. It's like no joke, man, especially when it comes to like footwear. But it's just funny that it wasn't Nike, it's Vans. 
Yeah, that, that, that's what I thought. Like when I first saw the shoe, I mean, it's like, I think it's like pretty obvious that it's kind of your spin on the, on the, it's like basic, it's you making Air Force Ones that you can wear that aren't, that aren't Nike, you know? And, 100%. But, but, but Nike's not mad about it. It's Vans. That's like so yeah, crazy. Nike's not, Nike's not going to come after you because there's no, they don't own the silhouette of that. They just own the swoosh. It's so weird. Uh, Vans, I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on. Like, again, we're going to, it's We're going to get around it. It was just the point of me showing that like, this is what people, this is what they do. And they wouldn't answer our emails for 90 days. I think, John, too, I think uh, Mayor had said on on our podcast that you were going to have an official collaboration with Nike and you wanted to do it with Mayor and then they axed the whole project. So they were going to do an official like John Geiger Air Force One at one point. What was that about? He, that was news to us. Yeah, twice that happened. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's just like I'm not supposed to talk about it, but it's just like one of the things where it's just like I got offered to do. A number of things with Nike and then either the money wasn't correct or they were just coming at me the wrong way and that's when you just know that I'm not doing it for money because it was, it was a good amount but it was just it was early on I think they wanted me to do something for all-star and then I wanted to use like mayor for certain things and his his shoe collection for the wall and they just like turned it all down so just like never mind do you know do you remember around what year uh 2015 16 maybe okay to that point, at this point, would you ever – Are you, you know, we see a lot of people who've got really hot on their own and independently and then go on to work for bigger companies. Is that a goal for you? Like is that something that you always – like if this company asked me to kind of hold a big role in it, would you ever be open to that? And is, is it something that you think about? I mean it's I'm not – I'm like speaking into existence because I don't really know this for sure, but I'm going to probably say it's going to happen within the next couple of years. It's usually what happens at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Like a Margella usually comes to someone like me and says this. I mean I've got offers from companies. It just wasn't the right timing. They wouldn't let me do clothing. But if someone opened up the doors and was like, you can do all your own stuff plus this, then cool. It's the same as Virgil doing Off-White and Louie or – So brands have tried to hire you to do their footwear for them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, creative direction, yeah. It wasn't right. No, nah, I'd be doing it. <laughs> How would you compare John Geiger Co. to Balenciaga and Margiela and stuff like that? Like the fashion brands trying to get more into the footwear line. I know that obviously they have a to- ton more money and resources yeah. and all that. But just like one to one, if you put your designs against them, like are you like we're killing them on like the actual product? I wouldn't say we're killing them because it's Balenciaga. But it's like this is the same thing as they started just the way we did. You know, so at one point they were just how we were and they just got bigger and kept growing, kept growing. And that's kind of what I'm going to get to. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm competing with Balenciaga because that would just be like ridiculous to say. But um, I think independently, there's there's not there's probably less than a handful of footwear brands that now are branching out into full collections. They're doing well. Just on the footwear side, how big is it for you now? Like how many shoes do you sell in a year? I won't say that number. <laughs> a ballpark because I'm 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 not I just want right to because I see I see so much John Geiger but I I I see a lot of athletes wearing it and I always wonder how many normal people access it and things like that because I can I tell can just you, tell you minimums for like if you did one colorway of one silhouette a minimum is like a thousand so if you see you know there's a two we put out on how many last year and the low and then the three that's the minimum so. I mean, you can add up as much as you want, and so you can you can kind of figure it out. But it's that's the, usually the minimum production. Gotcha. In the U.S., I uh, everything is made in the U.S. So if I was outside the country, it might be a little bit less. 
you you said earlier that you know when you first came out like you had you know you weren't selling the shoes you weren't as um you know popular as you were now were you trying to kind of manipulate how much you were selling you know how people are like oh the brands only they release 500 but then they take them offline to make it seem uh, like they sold out no i just think that i thought i was going to ride the wave of custom of the misplaced checks and it was going to be the exact same creating my own shoe and it wasn't it was just a slow process but again for the zero zero one, the minimums were way less. There was only like, I think you had to do all only 40 to 120 and then you can go up from there. For the zero zero one, I mean, our first, I think our first zero zero one, we only made 300 pairs and probably only had half of those sold. We ended up selling them again for like a pop-up or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but early on, it was just the, the momentum. Like now there's so much momentum. When you say that you see all these people wearing it and it's just momentum, 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 momentum. Now it's just like rolling before it was like trying to get the ball to start rolling. I was never like lying about what I was doing. I just wouldn't say it. But I mean, that's like the come up story though. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've gotten like the brands grown since that. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's cool to hear the, the early beginnings. You know? One picture yeah. I want to talk about December 11th, 2019. And I always love like these types of pictures. It's you, John Geiger co design studio and showroom in downtown LA. And you like have all the silhouettes kind of laid out. And you know, it, these types of pictures are my favorite. Cause it really shows a, designers like body of work it reminds me like you know the kanye the the yeah. infamous one is the kanye one for the from the forbes article what's it like to see that work in front of you coming from misplaced checks to a whole kind of design studio and seeing samples and things that have came out and sold out how validating is it to see your work in front of you in like a setting like that i think like i said before the momentum once the momentum picked up it kind of was like uh sampling was very easy i lived a block away from our factory so sampling was like, I would knock out maybe five a week. I would use Instagram for to figure out what I want to do. If I put a laces in them and I posted a picture and people went, you know, this is it, then I would put that in production. I just think that everything started working for me like at once. Uh, I think building the team and focusing on myself and stuff like that helped. I think once I like, you know, Bryson takes care of the shipping and everything in LA now and Sean takes care of all the business. And once we started building this team and I started handing off jobs to other people not to be so <laughs> crazy about doing everything, then it started being a little bit more easier. I mean, that allowed me to move back to Miami. So I think one, like relieving like duties of myself and actually like people always say, you know, it was fun until like it went into like a real business, like it turned into a real business. And then I had to like, you know, have lawyers and stuff like that now, like on to do everything. Um, when it, that started happening, that's when it started like taking, really taking off and being rewarding so I can knock out so much more stuff. John, when you when you see, um, you know, high fashion brands design with bigger companies like, you know, you see Raph Simmons and Adidas or Sakai and Nike, if that same opportunity got offered to you, is that something that you'd be interested in or is that anything that's ever been put on the table? Uh, 100 percent. I would definitely do it with Nike or Adidas. And have they have they ever brought that up to you or no? Is that been any in the talks or? No, nah, see, I'm, I, I think that a lot of people look at me as like, I don't want to, I don't want to say this in the right way. I'm almost looked at as like, they don't really know it because like it's competing, but it's not competing or like, you know, you have this Vans situation where they're saying competing, but it doesn't, it's not even close to it. Why not Vans just come to me and be like, Hey, well, if this is a problem, let's just do something together. That's how I looked at it. And that's why the post today was about that. It was just like, I'm open to doing that with any brand if it's done correctly. 
Yeah, it's 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 funny because it's clear in some ways that you're not really a competitor to them because their athletes are allowed to wear your shoes and athletes typically aren't allowed to wear competitor brands, but they're still allowed to wear John Geiger shoes and they do on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with you. I'm a great player. <laughs> I, I want to know too, I mean, you are getting bigger and bigger. Have you got to the point at now where people are imitating your work? Have you have you been in kind of the position of seeing other brands or other smaller independent sneaker companies that that feel too similar for comfort? Yeah, I mean, you go on Instagram and you see, you know, brands or people saying that copying and stuff like that, but that just comes with it. It's like like an open mold soul thing again. Just gonna come with it. I mean, there's I don't even know how else to say it. It's not it's just gonna come and it's gonna happen and it doesn't really bother me. Like it's not hurting my brand whether that's why i put up this like t-shirt and his hat and it was kind of funny and it said 2020 marketing scheme it was like copy john geiger then say john geiger copied you it was a total joke obviously but it's so true it was like i'm sure for some I, people were upset if i need to be the guinea pig for everybody to say that i copied them so be it i mean i don't i can't you know what I'm saying? I can, if i worried about every single person saying i copied off them at this point i wouldn't be where i'm at you know, you said that you have people to handle business, but you are so so passionate. I remember you and I even had a thing that I had no idea what it was about, but like, <laughs> whatever. But as the business has gotten more successful, do you still feel that kind of like passion and or have you let go some of that as well? I mean, no, I still have the passion. I'm like a passion about what we're doing about the brand. But again, I think building the right team. Um, living in LA just wasn't for me. Although I got to be very hands-on, it was very depressing for me. Got the crib in Puerto Rico, the crib in Miami now because of reasons for like my mental. So live with a girlfriend, have a dog, trying to like be happy. Uh, LA just wasn't for me. I think at that time when we first started taking off, I wanted to do everything. I would literally sleep in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would yell at everybody and try to get everything perfected. And now I learned that like, you know, that's how business is going to happen. Things aren't going to work all the ways. And once I like let that go, you were sleeping in the factory. Yeah. <laughs> um, once I, it's literally a block away from my crib though. Um, once I like let those, you know, tasks go, that's when we started like really being okay with what's going on and it's stuff on social media doesn't really bother me anymore. It's just it is what it is. Like until it stops like hurting you financially, your family, your your brand, or your business, then it doesn't really matter. John, I, I think one of the thing, main takeaways just knowing over the years is that how much like you're connected to the kids who like sneakers and, you know, your friends within the industry. It's not just this guy who started a brand. And the last thing I just wanted to bring up is the one one of the most defining John Geiger moments in my head is you walking into the complex office with this big mold with the Air Jordan 3 in it that weighs like have it. 80 pounds and you're car you're you're carrying it up, you know, like the elevator, like through like Midtown Manhattan with a gold deconstructed <laughs> Air Jordan 3 in it to give to Joe LaPuma. Amazing gift. I think, uh, honestly, I think that goes back to like the home decor. These are things that like I'll work on on the sides. I'll, you know, I have a, uh, an artist in LA named Brock. He basically has done porcelain zero twos for me that I don't have in my place right now, but they're like flower for plant holders. And then we've done seats. I've done couches, rugs. It's just like, that's what I want to get into more. Fingers crossed, we want to be working with a hotel soon. So I'm going to get to design like the lobby and stuff like that. And that's what I want to really get into. So, yeah, that that was just, that's literally just the beginning of ideas that I wanted to do like for home decor. Because I mean, 
I mean, maybe not 80 pounds, but I, I, it's still it's on my dope. desk. It, you know, we haven't been in the office in a <laughs> while. Can't move no, it. It, we haven't been in the office in a while, but it's definitely still, it's in the new, the new building. And it's, I always tell, and at Detroit wick, I always tell that guy, like I only hey. met him once and I'm like, still one of the best gifts that I got. It was like gunmetal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also working on uh home fragrances with Detroit wick. So as soon as all this is over, I'm going to go to Detroit for like a week and figure all that out. Amazing. And what, um, what's next? What do you have coming down? the pike uh in terms of like in the immediate future anything that you could share or you want to talk about no i mean i just signed with ea sports so i'm working on madden uh fifa and they're bringing back live but like a little i can't really give too much about it but a little bit better just endorsements that are like down the pipeline but other than that just like building the brand more getting a bit larger collections uh once fashion weeks start back up we'll start going back to paris stuff like that and how has like the commerce been during covid um I'm going to knock on wood, like, God bless, but, like, so good for us because direct consumer, that's where we started at, and that's what I believed in the beginning. And then mm. it just, although that we wanted to, like, not pushing in people's face, like, we don't run ads anyway, so I never had to, like, run ads and, like, mm-hmm. shove in your face. But we, we, we put a billboard up in New York right when it hit. And it was funny because usually I put a billboard up with my head being st- stuck underwater, and um, – for a black seizure three. And usually when I put a billboard up or do something in public, people post it and stuff like that. And it was wild because no, it was like maybe three people. And it was wild, it was in New York City right in Soho. And I'm like, that's how you knew it was bad that no one was outside because we put this billboard up for a, yeah. a lot of money for an ad that we really wanted to push and a, a message we really wanted to push. And it just kind of got like swept under the road because no one was out. But um, yeah, everything, everything's going good from there. Every, everything's been like great. We wanted to slow down and not like just shoving people's faces and I'm glad we can do that. We have our team is everybody's good. Can't complain. One question I wanted to ask. You said that, you know, you got rid of most of your Nikes and Jordans. Are you excited about any other releases that come out for other brands? Have you bought any or it's you're totally laser focused on your own thing? You know, it's like musicians sometimes they don't listen to anyone else's music. I mean, obviously, like I'm not going to be that guy. Like I don't see anything. I see it. I love like. That, that I love the uh, you know what I just liked recently was like the, the Travis rollouts are so good, mm-hmm. bro. The uh, Cactus Jack thing, bro, his rollouts are so yeah. good. The Dior thing, I'm not really big on, but also my opinion about the Dior thing is kind of different than the usual. My my position on that is I feel like Jordan and Nike are going to do more of these because they're trying to cut out uh, customizers because that's what they were doing prior to that. So if you do an event like that, like you know, why why would you pay two thousand for? you know, a custom one when you can actually get the real one for the same amount. So it's like, I feel like that's what they're going to start doing. That's just my opinion. Though. Well, John, thanks so much again. We appreciate you taking the time and hope to see you in person sooner than later, depending on yeah. when we're out of this. I appreciate you guys though. Be safe out here. Our producer is David Matthews. Sophia Steiner-Evoy is our editor. Sound engineering and mixing done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Craig Clayton and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. 